0: You are listening to sermons from the pulpit of the Bible Baptist Church in Marysville, California. We hope you will be blessed as you listen to another practical message. Uh, so, anyway, some of you know exactly what he's talking about. And good night. We'll see you here in a little bit. Uh, just, just kidding. Alright, Luke chapter number 6. And as we look at this passage of Scripture, uh, in this Scripture we will find what's called... The golden rule you know the golden rule is not scripture but is scriptural the principle of the golden rule is a biblical principle and you know as we as we look at that we see that there are so if there's something good that the world has it came from the Lord uh, he is he is the essence of everything that is good And so, uh, here when we look at this passage of Scripture, look with me again, verse 32. For if ye love them which love you, what thank have ye? For sinners also love those that love them. And if ye do good to them which do good to you, what thank have ye? For sinners also do even the same. And here we find just that, that doing of good. And if ye lend to them of whom ye have hope to receive, what thank have ye? For sinners also lend to sinners to receive as much again. But love ye your enemies, and do good and lend, hoping for nothing again. And your reward shall be great, and ye shall be the children of the highest, for he is kind unto the unthankful and to the evil. Now, here we have, we have changed gears. We went from, from doing just good, now the whole level takes a whole other step up. It wasn't just uh, do do good to uh, do do um, uh, do unto others as you would have them do unto you, the golden rule. Uh, now he is saying, uh, love your enemies, do good and lend, hoping for nothing again. Wow! Now that that is not Christianity 101. Does anybody understand? Do you understand the 101? When I went to college, nobody sat down with me and explained I was not academically inclined. The only way I got to college was because God called me. That was it. Uh, there was no desire for uh, secondary education. And so uh, here I, uh, I went to college and uh, I got to college and they handed me this this book that had all of the classes and everything that was in my major, I took a pastoral theology major, and uh, and it ended up into a bachelor of science degree, and and I remember going through all of that, but nobody sat down with me and and explained any of it. And there's all these 100 classes, and all these 200 classes, and 300 classes, and 400 classes. Well, it just makes sense. I should have looked at it and so thought, okay, freshman, sophomore, junior, senior, uh, but but I didn't have that, uh, that awareness, and I'm looking at it like, oh, Uh, That class looks like a good class and I was taking uh, 300 classes and 400 classes my freshman year Uh, I remember getting into one class it was Daniel and Revelation and it was a 400 it was a senior class and this was meant for people that had already been in college uh, for a period of time and the professor got up and he was teaching and he was flipping stuff out so fast there was a normal semester you had about 2,000 Uh, pages of outside reading that you had to do for this one class it was 2,000 pages it was unbelievable and he is speaking just as fast as you can imagine and I'm trying to write things down and I'm a freshman in college and I'm taking uh, 18 hours of, of class. I had no idea what 18 hours meant. Uh, and so uh, I'm sitting in this class, and, and I am just, I know I'm going to bomb this class. It was, it was futile. And I'm just getting overwhelmed. And about a week and a half in, they made an announcement stating that the last day to drop a class uh, was coming up. And I thought, drop a class. I can get out of this? And so, man, I dropped that class in a heartbeat. Uh, But, but, you know, when you go through, as you get into those upper level classes, things get harder. You know, in the Christian life, it's that way as well. There are things that are for the babes in Christ, the milk. There is that baby food, there's that, the pablum, there's the little crackers that you give the toddlers and, and the babies that are just gnawing on those crackers. But uh, after a while, you start getting into some meat, and you start getting into the meat of the Word of God, and what you'll find, it's not near as easy to swallow it 's not near as easy to embrace and here when we read this passage of scripture we're not talking about milk we 're not talking about even baby food and having somebody uh, spoon feed an individual now we're talking about taking our faith and looking at the Savior who was our perfect example and now doing and living a way that is mimicking and and, and showing how he lived but it, he said here in Verse 35, but love ye your enemies and do good and lend, hoping for nothing again. You know, it's easy to love people that we love. But what about the enemy? What about the one that does not love you? What about the one who has ill will towards you? What about the one that you have ill will towards? It's not just them, it's us too, right? We got that? And here the Lord is saying that that we are to love your enemies and do good and lend, hoping for nothing again, and your reward shall be great. The reward isn't what you're going to get from the enemy, because the enemy is not going to reciprocate. The enemy probably will not even recognize that you are doing something good. The enemy will probably look at you with, with a look of, what are you trying to get out of me? No matter what you do, there sometimes there's a, a view. And the Lord said, your reward shall be great. He's not talking about down here. Your reward shall be great. Why? Because God is watching He says, and ye shall be called, uh, ye shall be the children of the highest. You see, this is is an action of a child of the king. Uh, When our kids were younger, they would go to do something. We say, no, we're not going to do that. And they're like, well, so and so's doing it. And this family, these are good families. And they let, I said, Browns don't do that. There were certain things that we did not do, not because we were better than anybody else, but what I felt like was acceptable uh, for our family, Uh, that's where I drew those lines, and and in doing so, uh, the kids would hear, Browns don't do that. Uh, There was another statement, Uh, where's Rachel at? Uh, All right. Oh, Elliot, okay, uh, but uh, browns don't whine, and uh, di- I could not stand uh, whining, and so there was a, we always uh, would, would make that statement, browns don't whine, browns don't whine, uh, but you know, here, the Lord said, ye shall be called the children of the highest, oh, why is that? Because uh, God's children act a different way, amen. amen. God's children are under a different set of rules. God's children, are are, there's an expectation on them that is so much higher than what anybody else would put. He said, this is how my children act. This is how a child of the highest would act. Uh, He says, you shall be child of the highest, for he is kind unto the unthankful and to the evil. You see, why are we to, uh, to uh, love our enemies? Why are we to act in such uh, a way? Because He is kind. He is loving. He is forgiving. And it's all because we are to emulate our Heavenly Father. He is kind unto the unthankful and to the evil. Stop and think about that. I don't want to be kind to the evil. In my own nature, I don't want to be kind to the evil. I want judgment to come on the evil. But God looks at it, and you know what? God is good to everyone. You know, it rains on the just and the unjust, the Bible says. The sun rises, the blessings come, the bounty is there, the provision, the protection. It is for everybody. Why? Because God is good. God is good. And He's not just good to His children. He is kind unto the unthankful and to the evil. Verse 36, be ye therefore Merciful, as your Father also is merciful. Now, we understand that God is a gracious God. Now, grace is God giving us what we do not deserve. Aren't you glad that God's gracious? Mercy is completely different. Mercy is God not giving us What we do deserve. You and I, we deserve judgment. We deserve condemnation. But God does not give us that condemnation. Why? Because God is a merciful God. Uh, he is a merciful God. And when we accept Him as our Heavenly Father, when we become a child of God, God's mercy is extended to us. And without the mercy of God, there would never be the grace of God. The mercy of God is the prerequisite for God's graciousness. And, and we get to enjoy that, uh, be therefore merciful. As Your Father also is merciful. Judge not, and ye shall not be judged. Condemn not, and ye shall not be condemned. Forgive, and ye shall be forgiven. Give, and it shall be given you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, shall men uh, give unto your bosom. For with the same measure that ye meet with all, it shall be measured to you again. And what do we find here? We find that this principle of sowing and reaping, as how God wants us to live. It is woven all throughout Scripture. If we were in the Old Testament, it would be used as the term, the warp and the woof. And what that was, the warp and the woof, it was one direction of a weaving pattern was the warp. The woof was the other direction. And it was uh, as something was weaved together for you to pull it apart. Uh, You could not just pull it apart uh, because it was completely woven within that garment. Everything was tied together uh, intricately, not just sewn together where there was a seam. Uh, It was woven together and the love of Christ is woven all through the word of God and God's mercy is woven all through his graciousness, his love and you and I are to be a child of the highest and when we look at this principle of sowing and reaping it is all through scripture it's not just a offering scripture and this giving here is tied to what he was teaching about. Tying back into what the world would refer to as the golden rule, but so much higher. Tonight I want to speak to you on the subject, we get what we give. We get what we give. Father, I pray that you'd help us tonight. Thank you for your word. And and now, Lord, we have... We have been ministered to in song. We have uh, been able to partake in the offering and uh, worshiping you and giving back. We think about uh, just the reading of the Word of God, the, the power that's there, the, the specials that uh, were sung to us and to you tonight. But now, Lord, as we look at this passage of Scripture, I pray that you would help us Lord, just to look into our own life, not to somebody else. Help us to just draw a a circle around ourselves. And Lord, may we grow tonight. I pray that we would mature in our faith. Uh, Lord, superficial Christians, there's, there's just no place for it in these days. We have to be real. We have to have the, uh, a, a sincere walk with you and, and to be what you'd want us to be. So help us tonight as a corporate body, for Christ's sake, amen. I want you to see, first of all, number one, uh, when we talk about uh, doing good to others, and we look at this passage, uh, and we get what we give, I want you to see, first of all, look back at verse number uh, 27, uh, in Luke 6, 27, he said, but I say unto you, which hear, love your enemies, do good to them which hate you. First of all, if you and I are going to get what we give, uh, we want to, be on the receiving end of all the good, but if we are going to be on the receiving end, we have to be on the giving end. And the thing that we are supposed to give, number one, uh, we are to give love. We are to love. Uh, when we think about Christianity and the, the wonderful thing about Christianity uh, is the love of God and the forgiveness of God. Those are the two hallmarks of Christianity. If you want to look at them throughout the Bible, uh, all that God has for us, it's predicated on those two things. It's predicated on God's love and God's forgiveness. And what we are to do as we are interacting with others, we are to love and we are to forgive. Why? Because that's how our savior lived and we are to be a christian we are to be christ-like being saved does not mean that you're a christian you know, when they looked at the believers in Antioch, they, they said uh, they were first called Christians in Antioch. Uh, the term Christian was not a term that people started calling themselves. The term Christian was a term that the world gave them, uh, it was a derogatory term. It was a term to identify uh, them with the Savior whom they just crucified. The Lord had been crucified. And they, they looked at the believers. In Antioch, and they said, "You know what? You remind us of that guy by the name of Christ, the one that was just crucified." Uh, and they started calling him them a Christian, and it was a negative, uh, derogatory term. Uh, but you know what? As a child of God, if you if you get uh, uh, identified as someone who is like Christ, that's a good thing. Uh, what a blessing! Uh, and so the the term the, over the years now we we refer to ourselves as Christ. Christian, Uh, but the reality is, it doesn't matter if we call ourselves a Christian, does anybody else call us a Christian? Are we living in such a way that the world or those that are around us would say, you remind me uh, of the Lord Jesus. When I open up my Bible, you are doing the things that the Lord would do. Uh, The child of the highest, of the most high. Uh, Well, you can't get any higher than the Lord. And and here, when we think about him and how we are to live, uh, we should emulate his life. Uh, What was it? It was love. The most powerful emotion known to man is love love think about it you have these professional football players I stopped watching Uh, but uh, uh, every once in a while I'll catch a little bit of a game or something and you know if if someone makes a touchdown and they they get on uh, maybe college sports or something hi mom you know there there is a, a kindred spirit why because it wasn't it wasn't mom that was out there throwing a football with him; it was dad. Uh, but uh, you know that that connection there with mom, that nurture, that love that was shown uh, over and over again, that relationship, that love that's there—it's so powerful. And here the Lord said, "Love your enemies." Uh, so the so here the it is love that caused God to give His Son to us. Uh, it was love that caused Christ to go to the cross. Uh, it's love that would cause the Holy Spirit to draw and to convict and bring us and woo us uh, to us uh, to salvation. Uh, it's love. John 330, uh, 3.26 And they came unto John and said unto him, Rabbi, he that was with thee beyond Jordan to whom thou bearest witness, behold, the same baptizeth and all men come to him. And uh, uh, verse... Uh, uh, I'm sorry, John thirteen, thirty-five, And by this shall all men know that you are my disciples, if you have love one to another. By this shall all men know. Well, what was it? It's love uh, that has, has drawn uh, us to the Savior. And the Lord said that we should have love one toward another. So first of all, here we, we get what we, what we give. We want love. Do we love? Love is not just a feeling. Love is an expression. It's an action. God so loved that he gave. You know, our life, if we are giving love, it's not that we are just giving happy thoughts. There is, there is an expression of that love and here the lord said that we are to love Uh, verse 27 again but i say unto you which here love your enemies do good to them which hate you so first we are to love secondly we're to do good do good you know there there are so many opportunities to do good they just avail themselves all the time. But do we do good when we think about someone doing good in the scripture? I think of the Good Samaritan. Take your Bibles. Go to Luke chapter ten. In Luke chapter ten, verse thirty to thirty-seven, we have the uh, Good Samaritan uh, that's there, and the uh, the one that the the person was asked, the Lord was asked, "Who is my neighbor?" Uh, verse thirty. Uh, the Lord said, and Jesus answering said, A certain man went went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves, which stripped him of his raiment and wounded him, and departed, leaving him half dead and by chance there came down a certain priest that way, and when he saw him, he passed." By on the other side, and likewise a Levite, when he was at the place, came and looked on him and passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion on him, and went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring in oil and wine, and set him on his own beast, and brought him to an inn, and took care of him. And on the morrow, when he departed, he took out two pence and gave them to the host, and said unto him, Take care of him, and whatsoever thou spendest more, when I come again, I will repay thee. Which now of these three thinkest thou was neighbor unto him that fell among thieves? And he said, he that showed mercy on him. Then said Jesus unto uh, him, go and do thou likewise. You know, you and I, when we see a need, we are to fill a need. We see a need, fill a need. You know, we can't meet every person's need. But if we're walking with the Lord, He will impress on us who He wants us to help. I know a man who carries $100 bills in his wallet with the purpose of giving away. I was reading an event uh, in a book just the other day, and... Uh, There was uh, another reference to someone else uh, that did the exact same thing. You know, you and I, we may not have the $100. We may not have the opportunity to do something that somebody else did. But let me tell you, there, there are a lot of people in here that do have that opportunity. Think about single moms. You think about going to a restaurant and that waitress. That's trying to figure out a way to make ends meet. And here she is, working and laboring for just scraps. You know what a nice tip will do for that lady? Somebody once told me, and I had mentioned, that if you can't afford to tip, you can't afford to go out. And I believe that. Uh, growing up, my mom was raising us by herself. She was a waitress. We ate because people tipped. If people wouldn't have tipped, we would not have eaten. You know, we, we go out and I wonder how many times the Lord gives us an opportunity. He said, Well, I don't know that person. Does it matter? I don't find any reference here that we have to do good just to people that we know. There are people that we come across. Maybe you get to some place and somebody's putting $2 worth of gas in their car. I wonder what good you could do for somebody else. Maybe it's food. Maybe somebody's sick. I, I don't know all. There are so many ways of doing good. But the reason we don't do good for others is because we are too focused on ourselves. We're focused on what somebody's going to do for me. But the whole principle of sowing and reaping is not about what somebody does for me; it's about what am I, what am I going to do? You see, you have to plant before you can reap. And the whole process of sowing and reaping—you will reap far more than what you sow. That's a that's a that's a, a principle. It's a biblical principle. It's a principle of nature. And so uh, it's over and over again. You see, we, uh, we see a need. We are to fill it. Uh, the Lord Jesus was that way. He would go through the crowds, and, and as he was passing by, He would heal somebody. Think about uh, just all of the events through the Word of God, how people's lives were transformed because they crossed the path of the Lord Jesus Christ. And you and I, uh, our life has been transformed. Our eternal destiny has been uh, transformed. Why? Because we have come across the Savior someone has shared the good news of the gospel and and you are given an opportunity to trust Christ and now just think about how much good you can do uh, to share the gospel uh, with other people yesterday we we had I don't know how many people this room over here was full Uh, I was excited about that uh, thinking okay next we're gonna have to move everybody here in the auditorium uh, to go out and uh, be a witness for the Savior. you know how much good there is for us to do this world needs us to do good Uh, This world needs us to show the love of the Savior. You see, uh, Acts chapter 10, verse 38, uh, the Bible says, How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. And we may not be able to heal, and we may not be able to do all that the Lord Jesus did, but we can go about doing good. What an epitaph. have on somebody's life. They went about doing that which was good. You see here, uh, when we look at this passage in Luke, uh, we are to love, we are to do good. Uh, and with that, Je- Ephesians 4.32, and be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. Uh, we're just to be good. Uh, we're to be kind. Uh, thirdly, we're to bless. Go back to Luke 6, uh, verse 28, bless them that curse you and pray for them which despitefully use you. Wow. You know, it's easy to pray for people that we love, isn't it? You think about somebody and your heart just overflows with love and gratitude and thankfulness. And as you start praying for people that you love and care about, and here the Lord said that We are to bless them that curse you. Have you ever been cursed out? Cussed out? How does that make you feel? That makes me mad. The Lord says we are to bless them that curse us. You remember those classes again? The 100 classes versus the 400 classes? Here, we are getting not into, this is not milk. You don't expect a brand new Christian to act this way yet. But you do expect, we should expect, a mature believer to act this way. Bless them. I, I have been cursed out. I have been cussed out at church. It's not fun. But here the Lord said that we are to bless them that curse that curse you and pray for them which despitefully love you. The word bless here means to invoke divine favor. Invoke divine favor. That means you treat them the way God would treat them. Because it's not natural to bless them that curse you, it's natural to punch them in the nose, is what it's natural. And here the uh, it is to divine uh, to invoke divine favor implying a positive disposition uh, and a kind action toward the recipient And here as we are uh, to bless them he's saying we are to treat them with a divine favor we are to treat them with godly favor and and we should be showing them uh, a kind action in response to their unkind action and, and that is what God is telling us uh, we are to bless uh, when you go down and you start looking at the word bless uh, it means to, uh, to praise it means to fill with strength it means to wish a blessing this is meat. and we get what we give We reap what we sow. And so the response of God's people as the world waxes worst and as the anger, and there is an anger against that which is good right now. You stop and think about how the Bible said that evil shall be called good and good evil. We are in that day today. We're in that day. And, and with that being the case, uh, we are going to find ourselves uh, being cursed. We're going to find ourselves with animosity coming our direction. And the response of the believer, the sp- response of a, chi- a child of the highest, is that we are going to bless them that curse us. Dr. Hiles used to uh, have a radio broadcast when he was still alive, and and he would close off his broadcast uh, every day with this statement, be good to everyone, because everyone's having a hard time. You know, there are so many things that can just help us get our focus right. So here we see that uh, we are to love and we are to do good. We see here that we are to bless. But I want you to see lastly, number four. Did you hear that lastly? All right, giving you a little bit of hope. Lastly, we are to give. We are to give. Luke 6, 30 and 31. Give to every man that asketh of thee, and of him that taketh away thy goods, ask them not again as ye would that men should do to you, do ye also to them likewise. What do we find? We just find generosity. We find that there is a generosity, there is a selflessness that we ought to have. Somebody takes something that's yours. I guess they needed it worse than I did. That's, that's not easy. And here that attitude... That we are to give, and it goes over and over again uh, with that giving, that sowing, that reaping. You have to sow if you are going to reap, and you and I, if we are going to reap uh, the blessings of the Lord, then we have to be as His child. We have to be submitting ourselves to where we are going to follow uh, His His actions. Now, we see four different things here that He said that we are to do when He sums up this whole chapter. We see that he highlights three of them. In verse number 32, uh, he said, For if ye love, verse 33, if ye do good, uh, verse 34, if ye lend. And so all of these here, these are the three that he is, he is just uh, uh, highlighting, the love, the doing good, and the lending or giving. Uh, that are referenced here. Verse 35, he said, But love ye your enemies, and do good, and lend, hoping for nothing again. But your reward shall be great, and ye shall be the children of the highest, for his kind uh, unto the unthankful, and to the evil. Verse 38, Give, and it shall be given you good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, uh, shall men give unto your bosom. For with the same measure that ye meet withal, shall it be measured to you again. You see, we get what we give. Uh, Maybe we see others that have uh, the influence. Maybe we see others that have blessings. Maybe we see others that have gifts and others that have friends and others that are enjoying support. Uh, those, Those are people that have sowed those things. And because they have sowed those things, they are going to reap those things. You know, we don't reap it as soon as we sow it. Sometimes they say think, well, you know, I did good to them last week, so where's mine? It doesn't happen that quick. It takes time. There's a process that goes on, and so we get what we give. Uh, We we want the blessings, uh, that sowing, that reaping. Luke 6, 38, uh, we see that there is grace uh, that we are to sow, the grace, the love. uh, There are so many things that you and I, that we want, uh, but we have to sow them. We have to give them, Uh, give grace to others, and love, and kindness, Praise and friendship, uh, generosity, forgiveness, long-suffering, mercy, support, uh, benefit of the doubt. And as we we give these things, what we are going to find is we are going to be the recipient of these things. But we have to give first. We have to sow first. We get what we give. You know, daily life is a test. My Bible's closed. It's a test. Day in and day out, we have opportunities to represent the and to be a child of the highest and to act out and to live how He'd want us to live. And as we go through our day-to-day events, what we'll find is we will face obstacles that can turn into opportunities for us to act like a child of the king. You know, Linda needs a group of people that are representing the king. This community needs it. Olivehurst, and Linda, and Marysville, Yuba City. This area needs Christians not just to be Christian in name only. They need us to represent our King and living in such a way that we will be able to be a blessing to them. And God says, as we do that there will be blessings that will come back to us give and it shall be given what we give is what will come back that love you give love love will come back you give forgiveness forgiveness will come back you give graciousness and kindness you give money you give whatever it is that we give the principle is whatever you sow that's what you're going to receive. Years ago, we had a big garden. And in that garden, we planted all kinds of different things. We planted jalapeno peppers, and we planted tomatoes, and green beans, and uh, watermelon, and cantaloupe, and honeydew melons. And we had all of these different things, lettuce, and uh, we had all these vegetables that we were planting. But you know, I didn't ever get any rice out of that garden. I didn't get any wheat out of that garden. I didn't get any apples. I didn't get any... Many things I didn't get. But I didn't get them because I didn't plant them. And if we are going to be the recipient of the blessings... That God has for us. We have to be investing in those same things. We get what we give. Father I pray that you would help us. To just be uh, the believer you'd want us to be. Help us to uh, recognize. Just the great opportunity. uh, Lord to represent. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed our service. If you would like to hear more, visit our website at bbc4me.org. That's bbc4me.org. May God bless you.